I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon, and this is episode number 143. Today in the show, we have got a special treat for you, as this episode was recorded last week at our 2017 Iowa Shed Camp with some of my best hunting buddies, and we're chatting and laughing through some of our favorite shed hunting and deer hunting stories. All right, welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast brought to you by Sitka Gear. And today is going to be a special episode because we don't have one single guest and we're not talking about some kind of strategy or tip or tactic. We're just telling stories today. And the majority of this podcast was actually recorded a few days ago in Iowa where I was on a shed hunting trip with a bunch of my buddies, and Saturday night we uh, we piled into the camper, grabbed a bunch of microphones, and recorded a podcast talking about how and what we had been up to the past few days looking for sheds, but uh, Dan Johnson couldn't stick around for that. He actually did, nope. though. You did get to come and shed hunt with us on one day before that. That's right. And that was fun. That was. I had a blast. I'm really glad you could uh, get out of work and come do that. Yep. Uh, although I'm pretty sure Ross Hossman uh, walked all the good spots. <laughs> he did find a really nice big shed the day after we left. Yeah, I know. I saw the picture of it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, it was uh, it was fun, but it was tough, you know. Yep. Yep. But that's what shed hunting is, man. I, it's not even like it's. Uh, there's really goals. It's just walking, especially when I came up on Friday, just walking with buds basically. Yeah. Now you were only there for like six hours or something like that, but even yep. in that, even in that short period of time, did we not just laugh an absolute crap ton? <laughs> oh yeah. We laughed. I got a chiropractic uh, adjustment and I, <laughs> it's funny cause I, I left the shed hunt better than what I arrived. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty good deal hanging out with a bunch of chiropractors. I know, right? Although <laughs> I've got some pictures of you. 
that looked like you might have been taken advantage of a little bit. <laughs> well, when he when a guy says, "All right, take your boots off, lay on your belly, and uh, I'll come up behind you," I I was just like, "Oh, where is this going? Is this a trick?" Oh, that was so funny. That was awesome. Um, so I didn't even know how did. How did uh, Sunday or Saturday go for you guys? So so Saturday was kind of more the same as Friday. Um, we ended up finding a few sheds as a group, but overall, overall is really really tough. I I tracked my mileage, and I walked. Let me double check this. Um, I know over the course of three days. Eh, I'm just gonna look and make sure here. Give me two seconds. We're gonna get this number correct. Of course, the internet goes slow when I try this. <laughs> okay. 30, a little over 37 miles I walked. 30, 37 miles in three days yeah. or four days? Three days and like an hour on the last morning. Gotcha. And so we walked a lot. As a group, found very few sheds, and me personally found zero my very first time ever coming home empty-handed from Iowa. So right. that was a bummer. But, um, but yeah, you know, there's more to it than that. Lots of, lots of good stories. And uh, did you find one while you were there with us? I did not. You did not. I haven't found one this entire year yet. You did go my out, wife, though, right? I did go out. I went out with my wife and my son on Saturday and – my wife found her very first shed ever. That's awesome. Yeah. Was yeah. she pumped? I sent her. Oh, she was. You could, I heard her. I heard her. Hey, 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 I, I got one. I got one. Hey, hey, I got a shed. And I'm just like, all right. Walk. Like, if I acted like that, it'd be a 90 incher, right? right. But right. I mean, it was just this little dink, this little Larry, um, Larry shed. And, uh, she was pumped and uh she and now I have it actually I had to move some stuff around and I put put that shed in my office and it hangs in a very special spot and uh I'm going to I'm thinking about getting a little plaque that says, you know, Sarah's first shed or something like that made because cool. I was I was just as jacked as she was. I'm like, "All right. Now she's excited." Yeah, so is she is she going to be a a more frequent shed hunter now? I think so. I think Saturday, this coming Saturday, we have a uh, we have an entire day planned. That's sweet. Yeah, that's what you need. I, you almost need to go out and like plant one for these newbies, just so that they uh, can get that little excitement and then be into it. <laughs> right. That's funny because it's it's kind of funny because first two years my wife ever came shed hunting with me, they're just very short walks, and other than getting caught in multiflower rows or and not finding anything or like sprinkling a bit she's like why do you do this and um it took time but i could see her excitement just kind of like turkey hunting the first two years i took her turkey hunting it downpoured and it was cold and the turkeys weren't responding and she's like is this how you know that was her introduction ever first time ever into hunting and uh then the third year finally every everything uh kind of worked out and and now she understands that that excitement, you know, sometimes there's ups and downs and, and the excitement, you know, the droughts make the uh, plentiful times much better, I guess. 
Yeah, for sure. I can definitely relate to that. I actually, I actually had my wife out helping me shed hunt today back here in Michigan. And, right. uh, unfortunately had a situation similar to yours where she wasn't finding anything and it was cold and windy and she's like, this is boring. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I did have, I do have some exciting news. I did find my first shed of the year today. Oh, congratulations, Mark. Thank you. It was, uh, is it, a, is it a new one? Uh, no, it's an old okay. shed. Um, which is, you know, kind of not as exciting as a new shed, but, yeah. but it is, this is really pretty crazy. And for those longtime followers of Wired to Hunt, you'll, you'll understand why this is so cool. This shed is from 2012 and it is the shed from the buck I called Leaner. Oh, really? A buck that I was after for two years and um, in 2013 was like the biggest buck on the farm and uh, awesome, awesome deer. But his 2012 shed is the one I found. And I, it was like no doubt about it. I looked at him like, is there some way this could possibly be his from way back then? And then I went and looked at trail camera pictures just now a few minutes ago and absolutely yeah. no doubt that's him. So yeah. uh, crazy, crazy that this shed has been sitting there for four years and I haven't yeah. found it. And, uh, it's in, it's not chewed up bad or anything. It's just, it was a little bit green, but, uh, otherwise it was great. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. I talked with Lee Lakoski or via text message, uh, yesterday. And he told me that 90% of all his deer have dropped. The only ones that are still holding are, um, like one and two year olds. So, for me, that just is like, oh man, uh, because there there was a huge gap between on my farm from the time that I uh, that I have shed hunted earlier this year in late February or to mid February to now, where hopefully they're not all chewed up yeah. or someone else has scooped them. You know, yeah, that's the tough thing is getting that timing right. Right. I, I've been patiently waiting to walk the properties where I think Holyfield might be, and uh, today was the first day I really hit it hard because I yeah. I had a good feeling they were dropped, and um, I didn't find them, but there's a lot more area to walk, so this next right. week or so, I'm going to hit it hard because I do think I do think that um, they could be in there. So Right. Now, you can't use any type of you can't drop any corn or put out any attractants or anything like that, right? No, I can't do that here. So it's okay. just been hoping he sticks around. And um, I was worried that he might not because my food plots had been flooded earlier yeah. in February. But um, but some recent intel indicates that uh, he's still in my neck of the woods. So Nice. Well, good luck, man. I hope you find him and then you can... Uh celebrate oh my gosh if i find those antlers <laughs> i will scream like a little girl i will be are so you, excited are you like how how many acres are you do you have access to to hunt where you think he is or do you feel that going in there today you know you get you ran the risk of maybe bumping him out and he's going to go shed somewhere else so around this property i hunt i've got access to several different adjacent properties. So I've got a bunch of properties yeah. I can shed hunt around here. Um, a good chunk of the area of this kind of block of the roads, you know, the square mile block, um, I can shed hunt, I don't know, 70% of it maybe. Gotcha. Um, so I feel, I feel pretty darn good about that. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, seeing them. 
but I think um, I'm pretty sure I saw him last night, and okay. he was he was shed. So that was why I went in there today. And um, right. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say 100 percent for sure, but I was like, gosh, I really think that's him. And I saw him relatively recently with antlers. And then again, yeah. here in the same place, and it looked like it was him again without. So right. um, so I decided to take the plunge. And so today I, I walked what I thought was probably the best area. And I walk, I mean, my wife and I walked it like we we fine-tooth combed, combed it. I mean, we, we didn't right. miss a spot. We checked every – we just grid-searched it. Um, right. So I grid-searched, I don't know what it would have been, maybe like a 10-acre area today. And yeah. um, then I just did kind of like a little perimeter, low-hanging fruit type walk on my way back out. And now uh, maybe tomorrow or the next day, I'm just going to keep on working chunks like that and just work them really, really hard. Um, yeah. And hopefully, hopefully come on them. So that's the hope. Right. That's the hope. You never know how it goes, but we're going to give it a shot. <laughs> right, right. So. Uh, well, good luck, Mark. I hope you, uh, I hope you find, find him. Um, maybe bring your grunt tube or something like that. And you might be able to, you know, maybe while you're walking, you can grunt a little bit and they'll, they they won't run off spooked. (laughs) It's an interesting idea. (laughs) Something tells me that won't do it, but I I know I'm, I'm spitballing here. Right. I like the, I like the, the willingness to try new ideas though, Dan. That's good. Right. right. That's good. Outside Um, the box. (laughs) Outside the box. So, uh, I got to say real quick before we wrap this up, I do wish that you had been able to stick around for the podcast recording this past weekend. Um, no, man, I, me too. But you know, you know how, uh, the free time is and the brownie point system works. Uh, well maybe you know how it works. Um, with, uh, you know, two kids and a wife by herself and my kids are psychopaths. So (laughs) they literally know how to push every button that is on that, uh, an adult can have. And, you know, (laughs) when that time is gone, uh, and, and used up and those buttons are pushed, it can get stressful. (laughs) I believe that. I believe that. Well, I understand why you couldn't make it. We could have used you though. We could have used you because like, uh, I, I gotta say, right. It was, it was myself and then five of my buddies and these, they're not podcasting pros like you are, Dan. Oh yeah. I'm a pro. You're a pro. So it took, it took a little time to get them warmed up. It was, it was a little bit slow and it was a little bit rough at the beginning. Dan. (laughs) I was like, Oh, I could, I could use some nine fingers here. (laughs) Were were you, uh, were you were they giving you one word, uh, like answers like, oh, hey, guys, so uh, how'd today go? Uh, today went good. Yeah. We, we were walking. <laughs> like, uh, sound like NPR. Kind of like that. Yeah, there, there were some nerves, I think. Um, but, we, but we got into it. And you know what the key was? The key to really getting things going Budweiser. was, well, there was some of that. But it was <laughs> it was getting the man who took advantage of you, Mr. Chiropractor Peter Lynch. Oh, yeah. Getting him yeah. going. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, First, I, I want to send a shout out real quick, and uh, I want to uh, tell Perimeter Pete thanks for the uh, <laughs> infield adjustment. And uh, do you know what the name of his chiropractic agency is? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it wrong. Lynch right. Peter Peter Lynch Chiropractic, maybe or something like that, out of uh, Northeastern Iowa. 
right? He is the best uh, chiropractor in the entire world. So <laughs> you should go – if you're having any ailments, you should go visit him because uh, he does a great job. And that can – you know. We can hopefully Sitka doesn't get mad that we've had two commercials now. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping they'll uh, let that one slide. <laughs> he, he was wearing Sitka during the shed hunt, so yes, he was. Uh, it, so that evens out. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's wrap this up and hop over to the camper um, where we had our shed camp podcast. But first, we will take a break for that aforementioned Sitka gear segment. And I figured today we'd have our sickest story simply be the stories you're about to hear. Because just about all of them took place while wearing Sika gear. You know, almost almost every single one of my friends is wearing Sika gear on their hunts. And most of them were wearing it on this shed hunting trip. So we got to take advantage of their products to keep us comfortable and out there hiking around for most of last week. So that's what I thought I'd share my ideal shed hunting Sika system. You know, the actual gear I was wearing during these hunts or these shed hunts. So... On this trip, I was wearing the Sitka Gear Core Lightweight Crew Long Sleeve Shirt and the Core Lightweight Bottoms. And these are the base layers I actually also wear on my hunts. And they are a synthetic lightweight base layer that just do an incredible job of handling moisture. You know, in this case, sweat from walking around all over the place. And they also have this built-in polygene technology, which is, it utilizes a silver salt to neutralize odor so all the stank that probably would have accumulated after nearly 40 miles of walking i didn't have to deal with that now on top of that layer on the bottom i did wear a non-cyclic pair of canvas pants just to deal with all the thorns and nasty brushy stuff but on the top i was wearing a fanatic hoodie which you know with that nice hood and the little built-in hand mitts was really nice when it got cold and nasty out there and then also layer on top of that was a stratus vest when it got really cold and windy i put on that stratus vest which has a wind stopper membrane which just completely cuts that wind and chill so early in the morning when it was really windy and cold that was really nice so that right there is a system that kept me out there comfortable dry and walking for miles and miles and miles and if you would like to learn more about Sitka Gear for your deer hunts or shed hunts, you can visit sitkagear.com. And now, let's go to the Iowa camper and hear those stories. Ross looks nervous. I am nervous, actually. Are you all nervous? Yeah. yeah why? Sure. I don't know. Sure. I won't listen. I probably won't even listen to this podcast. Oh, I, don't like, I don't like listening <laughs> to myself. <laughs> Peter. What? Tell me, why, why would you not listen to this podcast? Because I'm on it. He hasn't listened to any of them that he's on. Well, I haven't really been on anyone. And what podcast is this? Episode number 141. 141. Three? I was going to say, I thought it was 143. Dude, I was close. You were close. I was, I mean, don't give me, he's looking at me like. I listen to everyone. He was looking at me like. Right the same way, dude. I'm like, I'm only Saturday. I never do. Any of them? No. What podcast is this, Pete? 143. 143. This right. is episode number 143. Peter Lynch reporting. Perimeter, perimeter Pete with 50 pounds. From Northern Iowa. Me. Just say Northern <laughs> 50 pounds of swinging me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Pete, we're going to let you introduce the podcast. We're going to start in three, two, one. Good evening or good morning, everybody. This is Pistol Pete. This weekend known as Perimeter Pete because I like to walk to perimeters while we shed hunt. Give the guys the good stuff. <laughs> What? I love that. I love that. <laughs> Welcome to episode number four, 143. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Of the Wired Done podcast, and we are recording 
from a camper in Northern. far western Iowa. Sorry. And we're here at a shed hunt. And we got a whole crew of people here today. It's, it's a weird podcast. We're not recording on a computer. We're recording here with microphones and a bunch of people in person. I'm getting weird looks from all my friends. Yes. <laughs> They're on edge. Friends. I don't know. Yes, friends. Acquaintances. Peter. Acquaintances. Talk to us. Introduce yourself. Who are you? I am Peter Lynch. I live somewhere in Iowa. And uh, I, uh, like Corey, am a chiropractor. And I was born and raised in Yupper, Michigan. Yupper, Michigan. And now just love uh, hunting and living in Iowa. Very good. Perimeter Pete. You guys know Corey. Corey, can you give us a quick voiceover so we know who we're, we're talking to? How you doing? I'm doing well. Corey's doing good. Andy Bradley's never been on the podcast before. Andy, time, Andy, are you excited about the podcast? I'm very excited. You don't look like it. I'm not that <laughs> excited, but but I'm here, so. That's good. Josh is with us again. He was on a podcast recently. You're an old pro now. Uh, yeah, second time. Should be a piece of cake now. Mm-hmm. And Ross, you're back. I'm back. Thank you for letting us shed hunt your properties. No problem. It was a good time. Wish it was a little bit better, but yeah. it's been a tough year. It's been a little bit tough. So we got here, me and Dustin. Dustin's not with us now. He's he's with us. He's alive, <laughs> yeah. but he's not in the camper. <laughs> he had to go home. But me and Dustin got here three days ago, and we walked a property of mine. And then... What else? Ross got here that night. Corey got here that night. And then Andy and Josh showed up last night. How's the shed hunting been? Tough. Yeah. Tough. I would say challenging. Explain the difference, Pete. It just sounds more professional and challenging. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely been hard because we've had a, a year with mild temperatures and minimal snow. It doesn't allow the deer to kind of yard up, so the, the antlers are spread out, and it's been a, a lot of walking. Andy wants to tell us about that right now. Based on the look on his face, he <laughs> wants to tell us I, why he thinks the shot. <laughs> it's still better than Michigan, so I'm That's not going to complain. That's true. But I think Corey did just make that up on the fly. So you think so? Huh? No, it sounded good though. It did sound. It well. did sound. Yeah, it was good. That's what you do. That's what I do. Tell us more. Yeah. About what I do, or well, no, that actually is probably why we've had a, a tougher time. Did uh, the deer not concentrated very well, and uh, I think overall deer numbers seem to be down a little bit as far as overall sign. But I mean, there's still definitely still deer, but it's just Corey, not quite how many insane. of the deer are still holding? That's true. We've we've contemplated that all weekend. I I honestly don't know. There's there are some still holding though, so hmm. that's uh, some say fifty percent. Some say 50. Although 100% of the deer we saw were not holding. We're not holding. Right. We've not seen a single antler buck. Yeah. And we've seen over. We've probably seen very few antlers antlers at all. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen over 100 deer. And uh, we have not seen one holding. So So who has found antlers? Say I. 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 Who hasn't found antlers? Say I. I. About half of the group has and yeah. half has. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's. Uh, okay, so no one cares about day one because you, none of you were there. It was just me and Dustin's gone. But Dustin found one shed in the first day. We walked one of the properties I have permission to hunt on, and also shed hunt. And it's a great looking property, but uh, just nothing going. Corey, you found a bunch there last year with me. I did. Yeah. Um, which was it's encouraging. Four, four, or five. Four, or five. I four, think. five that day. Um. I thought we could pull that off again this year, but it didn't happen. Yeah. 
And that was day one. Tell, tell us about your, your thoughts on camping, though, that first night. Because me, me and Dustin went shed hunting, and then we came here to the campsite, and you were driving, and we hadn't figured out how to get the heat in the camper yet. Now, me and Dustin were sleeping in a tent. Ra, or Corey was going to sleep in Ross's camper, but the heat has not been figured out yet. Right. Tell me about your thought process as you were driving, and sure. we called you to tell you that the heat may not be working. And you were like, I don't know. We might be going to the blank inn the right. hotel. Sure. Where was your head at? Well, we had we had to set the stage. So I was making a seven-hour drive, and it's now after nine o'clock at night, and the temperature outside's about twenty-five degrees with a with a stiff breeze. I think it was less than that. It might even been yeah. It was well, it was later, but at that time it was it was very cold, and um, yeah, I was. Let's just say I. If the heat was, you know, I mean, I wasn't sure that the heat was going to be on Russ that it was, and uh, with the heat on, I was, I was all in. But uh, as soon as these guys informed me that there was no heat, I decided that I, I might want to stay at the local hotel. But I did decide to change my mind and, and come here because eventually the Peer heat. Peer pressure. I, yeah, I was pressured, <laughs> and uh, it worked out just fine because the heat did come on and uh, it was rather. It was a camping miracle. Yes. It was the miracle that you had to turn the propane on, isn't that? No, that really. It really was a miracle. That? We had the propane was on, everything was on it properly. It just took and like it, was a, it took like twenty minutes it to. It's a weird long time for fire, fire and, and go, go. <laughs> but it got real nice once it was. Yeah. And then when you arrived, we were grilling New York strip steaks at like ten thirty at night. Yep. Dustin ate one with his hands and <laughs> he just piled right into it. <laughs> <laughs> Two pieces of bread. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was good. The food was good. So what what did we do the next day? That was um, that was uh, Thursday, Thursday evening. Yeah. Well, the next day, Friday, you guys weren't here. Where did we walk? Obviously, we can't. What did we do? We walked the cedars and then the. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cedars. So the morning was good. Was the good. evening the was evening not, was so, not good. so good. All right, Peter, you found the first shed of the day. Yeah, yeah. I found the first shed. Talk to us about that. <coughs> You guys really scarfed up the good stuff right away, so I kind of stayed to the outskirts. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of the veteran here, older. How old are you? Pretty close to 45. Wow. Yeah, closer to 50 than 30. So. We noted that you're almost to the age you could have been my dad. Yeah, and I used to live in your part of the world, so, <laughs> <laughs> so we haven't ruled that out. Yeah, it hasn't been ruled out. Ruled yeah. yeah, somewhere near. Uh, you guys look a little bit alike. To come see, you know, it's <laughs> close to somewhere out there. I'm not sure where, but uh, so I could have patted you on the head as a youth. <laughs> a youth. <laughs> a youth. Yeah, a youth. So, no, I uh, I doubled back because we kind of went down the road and all came back, and it was getting pretty steep where I was. So I walked back to the perimeter. And next to the gravel road, and there was a shed, what, 50 yards from the automobile, just at the perfect angle where you couldn't see it from the road. Uh, but when you saw it from the perimeter, it was like just stood right out. About a two-and-a-half-year-old shed. Nice shed. It's a good way to, good way to start. Yeah. yeah. Five-point side or four-point Five point side? Five-point side, yeah. Well, Total. How, many, how many of those sheds have you found this year? Uh, just one other. I got about 30, 30 hours in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the one shed I did find was... Uh, Last year's shed. So we were walking. What was that? It was a, the cedars there, and the cedars are all up on a hill, and then down the hill, right, Ross. Then you've got these cornfields and everything. What was the scenario there? That I mean, it was a pretty good setup. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of really good cover, and it's a good wintering spot. And then uh, a lot of the deer from the area kind of 
head into that cedar thicket and then they cross the road and head down into some cornfields across the way. So it's always good every year, but it always depends on on how hard the winter is, obviously. And yeah. this year it was really mild, so so I think we did pretty good finding a few in there. Yeah. How how does this compare to like all your past shed seasons you've had at Ross? This is the worst. Ever? Yeah. Wow. Worst ever, for I've sure. Decided it was Josh's fault, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Mark's fault, is actually. Mark? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm fine with that. See, as long, yeah. I've been here in past good years, though. Josh has. Yeah, but you I brought Josh, know. so. Well, that's true. That well, is true. Brought you too. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, could it, be, it definitely can be me. <laughs> so last year at this time, how many sheds have you found, Ross? Oh, I don't even know. At this time, probably. Probably 40 or so, 40 some. And how many have you found so far this year? 20. Half. Yikes. And that's not just you personally, that's you and your wife total. Yeah. Yeah. Last so. year we found 60. This year we probably won't find, I don't think we'll find much more than 30. So you're down to your final 10 sheds. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Yep. A lot Bummer. of factors. And the, the places you can walk, you know, it all depend on how the year plays out. And this year's not playing out very good, so. No. Well, yeah. all right, so what happened from there? Who else found, who found the next one? the next one. Yeah, I found a little four-point side. Oh, yeah. And then pretty boring. It was boring. <laughs> boring. <laughs> and then, uh, then Dustin found And then one, Dustin found that one. Yeah. One yeah. chewed up one. That would have been a really nice shed. Yeah, it would have. Yeah. It hadn't been all chewed up. Cause that was pretty sweet. It was good brow tine and a pretty heavy mass all the way out. It was a nice, nice antler. So we walked the cedars and with a group of six of us, because it was us plus Dustin and plus Dan, Dan, plus Dan Johnson. Dan, he was the entertainment. Mr. Co-host Dan Johnson yeah. was there for a while. Yep. And we were just kind of scouring, working lengthwise that whole cedar thicket, which looked like great bedding. And then we went, we went across we found the road three there. Yep, walked across some the road. Around. Didn't find anything. Well, we did find that one walking out. Well, Dusty, well, Dustin Dusty found like an ancient. Yeah. What, six inch base? Crazy. I mean, that one that was seven yeah. or eight years old or however old it was. It wasn't much bases. to look at anymore. But It was like, almost like, yeah. like as big as a beer can yeah. like base. It was heavy. Probably six, seven inch bases. Yeah. Really heavy. Yeah. Andy found an old one today. I don't want to talk about it. I'd rather not talk about it, please. <laughs> it's fine. It was. And, that, that thing took the cake, though. I mean, yeah, that's pushing. I, yeah. That had to be. I mean, that could be like 10 years old. That thing's been... Yeah. It had a special story to that shed. I can't believe nobody else has found that shed before. <laughs> <laughs> Andy got sloppy seconds on that shed. Yeah. yeah. Not everybody finds a shed that somebody else already found in the woods. <laughs> well, see, I've done that. It's kind of true to his nature, though. He likes everything. Who found, second, who found second, that last second, year? Second hand. I did. You did? Yeah. You just Corey, checked it back. I found, found it, it down there in the bottom. I saw it from like 60 yards away. Oh, no, sure you did. No, it was, it was a ways. It was a ways. I mean, well, okay, 40 <laughs> yards, but it was a ways. Yeah, okay. And um, I went down there and got it, and you know, of course, looked it over, and it was it was significantly not chewed, weathered, right. faded. It was right. just not not quite up to par. So I figured I'd I'd leave it for the tree rats, finish it out, or leave it for somebody <laughs> like Andy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I couldn't keep it. You know, it's not something that I can cherish now that I know you tossed it away like garbage. Now, to, now it's now I'm gonna 
Come the, back the better it. question is, had I not said a word and anyone said anything, would you have kept it either way? Oh, I'd be That's, hanging on to it right now. Would you? Okay. Without a doubt. I'd, okay. yeah. I'd sleep with it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> First Iowa shot, I turn around, they're all laughing at me. Yeah, it's true. You you guilt, you shamed that it. That is throwing away no, his fine. first no, I, I, I do kind of feel bad about that. No, I didn't I'm, think sure, about I'm sure I'll get over it. It's fine. I think <laughs> it was, can go back I think it. it was honestly just the shock no, that I saw something that I had found last year and left there that you had it. I was impressed. So I just When you feel shock, you want to laugh at me. That's... No, that's not healthy. It's not healthy. <laughs> Let's just move on. That's just, I really do apologize. Because that, that did pretty much ruin your no, first experience. No, it that didn't, it didn't ruin it at all. But. Okay. But, Andy, wasn't... Corey was a little something. He was a little... He was, like, kind of suspect when we got there today. Kind of not really wanting to walk this place. No, he was. Yeah, I didn't understand that. No. Yeah. I was a little down. Yeah, you were down. Yeah. The was, first place we walked today, it was... I wasn't optimistic. Well, so we had, all like, the confidence we level was not there. I think I, we, I'll give you that. No, we actually talked about we need to bring a backpack full of sheds and like place a couple out for you, <laughs> so you don't bring my get, spirits up. Yeah, <laughs> when you get in the you know in the depths of despair, we can kind of bring you up a little bit and okay. keep the energy level yeah. high. Yeah. I do that with my dog sometimes. Yep. Actually, yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. 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 Well, after we found all those in the cedars yesterday, and Dustin found the ancient one. Yeah. We kept walking more places that afternoon and found nothing. Right. And then the whole morning, this morning, same thing. So we'd gone almost 24 hours without a shed. So then, but then you, then I, who found the first one I today? Did. Well, I don't know. We don't know what, I don't know what time he found his, but. Yeah, you must, you, you probably found I probably yours found first. mine first. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What was the yeah. situation there? What, what that was, was just that? like a, basically we were walking this big point with a ridge top and um i took course got the top top of the ridge and uh why did you get well, the top of, of the ridge i got well i got i well i got the top of the ridge because a few people here said that that seniority. i should senior okay, no said, no they didn't it wasn't a seniority thing it was just that i think they realized that i was in that kind of depth and okay, despair yeah, yeah, yeah. area I was a, I was, and they, did, they didn't want the, didn't, the day to be miserable so they we said were i should go up top yeah, we, were losing, we, were <laughs> losing, we were losing Corey. yeah that's what friends do. Yeah. So they sent me up top. And he was going to go scouting his other honey property. Like, you're breaking the, the wolf pack. Yeah. yeah. Cardinal rule of yeah. abandoning the group midday. Nobody and there was a chance that you were going to head home early. Well, he, he made the comment. He's yeah. like, if we don't find more sheds, I'm going home tonight. Or he's going <laughs> to And that's your ride. That's my ride. So. <laughs> or he's going to go to Gordman's. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> Tell us so that anyway, story. <laughs> so anyways, I, I got up top, and there was about a, that's probably three or four acres of kind of, uh, I don't know, I guess, you know, a bunch of rose bushes and grassy area and kind of open. A lot of sunlight gets up there and a lot of deer sign. And, and I did find a nice five-point side off from a three-and-a-half-year-old. So that was that was encouraging. Yeah. Nice. It helped, helped finish out. Back, the, it brought me back. Yeah. It helped finish out the afternoon. It really it got everyone kind of amped up again, too. Yeah. Because and then Ross, I think we're all dragging a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then you found one at the same time. What yep. was that? Just small five-point side. Yeah. I and probably then, wouldn't have seen it, so I'm glad you found it. You I didn't really snipe it away. because it was like 150 yards ahead, but yeah, it was in Peter's line. But that far out, it was. Well, I'm getting older ahead. now. My eyesight isn't what it used to be. <laughs> you know, seeing thought it help him out. Look like an iceberg good. on the hill. But, uh, it did pop out like that. Yeah, the yeah white. It stood out. Yeah. Tines down. Yeah. It looked just like an antler. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It's amazing how that works, right? Yeah. I love it when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. Yep. Wasn't it? That Pretty was it. Those yeah. are all the sheds we found. Oh, except yeah. we saw we got a road shed. Yes. Oh yeah. Peter, tell us that Peter, story yeah. of your road shed. 
By the way, we're stacked like mule in this process uh, <laughs> vehicle, driving around looking for sheds and mostly kind of scouting property. That's always fun to do. And uh, drove by this place, and there was a gentleman in a tractor, and the senior gentleman was driving the, it was like a club cadet. Kubota. Kubota, yeah, uh, side by side, and they had a big dead cow there. So that was kind of interesting. But we kept on driving by slow, and there was a shed just in his ditch. So like good people we are, we uh, stopped and talked to him before we grabbed the shed, and he uh, kind of told me that uh, I could have it. So it was quite nice, good experience. But we were not able to gain access to the property to shed hunt. You because tried. I tried best I could. What's and, your what's uh, your what's your angle? How do you get shed hunting permission? You know, what's your what's me? your trick? You know, uh, <laughs> if I don't use Ross, if I don't use Ross as my angle, uh, I like to talk about uh, the service I can provide. You know, do you have tractors? Do you have tractors with tires? Do you know how expensive it is to replace a tire after a, a say a shed antler goes through it? And we kind of go on that little tangent. So, how many times has that worked for you? twice <laughs> well that's better than i expected <laughs> but yeah. yeah no it the the guy in the other property have east of here he uh he says i want you out there because i've lost two tires in the last three years so well wow. so it's, it's a true story but he marketed to me basically instead of me marketing to him so that works yeah it does it's it's a good angle i mean i would encourage your listeners to to <laughs> use it that's for sure <laughs> peter you are a listener aren't you I listen every week, unlike oh. some of the guys here. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was a low blow. I mean, I've known you the least, I guess. But man, man, yeah. If anything, that should just make me feel bad. Yeah, no, it's good. True. Uh, Thank you, Peter, yes. for listening to me, yeah, and Dan. I, I enjoy it. It's good. It's good. Josh, Andy, you've never shed hunted in Iowa before. You just got your first day in today. What do you think? What do we think about Iowa what do you in general, think, Josh? Too? Josh, it's, you go first. It's like much hillier. Than what it you is, think. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but or I was think and flat yeah. at the same time. I think it's pretty it flat actually, <laughs> where we're at it, at least. Okay. I th- it, the terrain is a little different than you would yeah. imagine. You expect cornfields and a little flat, you know, a little bit flatter. But it was a good day, other than when everybody laughed at me. Why did we laugh at you? Because I found a shed that oh, had already been found. The old shed. Yeah, well, he, he made up for it with dinner, so that was nice. Yeah, I brought everybody. I brought food for everybody. So yeah. To be fair, you can come back, Andy. Okay, Josh helped with the meal. Those are some killer elk burgers. Yeah, elk yeah. mark. It's very good. Oh yeah, we packed that yeah. elk off a mountain. Yeah. yeah, packed it off a mountain a year ago. That was fun. They were actually just beef, but <laughs> I told everybody they're elks. So yeah. <laughs> now you guys know <laughs> the rest of the story. Josh, what do you think? No, it was a good time. You know, we had we had fun and laughed a lot and stayed warm by the fire tonight. It was chilly and chilly again tonight, but um, even though we only found a couple today and uh, seemed a little slower than than maybe what you think of when you think about Iowa and you come out here and you find a bunch of sheds and all that stuff. Um, it was still a lot of fun though. I'd come back if I'm allowed back. Oh yeah. He could be the issue, though. I know, I could be the mm-hmm. issue. So this year we have five sheds, right? Five total sheds, six total sheds over the course of three days. Yeah. Is that yeah, right? I, I have two. You have two. Ross has two. Corey has oh, no, one. one. And Dustin has one. No, so he, had, he has two. Dustin found oh, two. So 
Plus the old one, really, if you want to count that one. So, so we have a little more than. I wasn't doing the math. What is that? Eight. Yeah, seven, seven or eight? seven or eight. Let's see, three, four, seven. Like that yeah, is that right? Seven. A couple of years ago, in two days, we we put up like twenty six or twenty seven or something. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a good year. Showing. That was a lot of fun. It's definitely at least fifty percent down, I would say, if not more. Yeah, I mean for total numbers. Yeah, but it's but it's about a good time hanging out with yeah, friends. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. We're sitting here eating elk burgers, cold beverages. Six dudes crammed into a little camper <laughs> in a circle. <laughs> that's good. That's cool, right? Can't get any better than that. No, no. Andy's got his hand on my leg right now. So <laughs> he, he does too. <laughs> Cora, what's your best shed hunting advice? My best shed hunting advice. Uh. Just keep walking. Honestly, I mean, don't don't get. I, I would say honestly, from from me, try not to get depressed because I'm I'm one that just kind of gets down and, and gives up a little bit too early. So, try to keep positive outlook and, and put the miles on the boots. That's honestly the best thing you can do. Now, you were telling me today that it's a little bit depressing for you because you used to live in Iowa for a while. Yeah, and now you don't, and you don't quite get to enjoy shed hunting the same way anymore. Yeah, it's nice when you live here and you have you know, two, three hours in the evening after, after school or after work or something, you can just go out and walk 40 acres in an hour and maybe pick up one or two antlers. And you do that twice a week for eight weeks, you know, from February 1st till the end of March. And you might pile up 25, 30 antlers in a year. You know, that's, that's a lot of fun. Whereas if you, you know, like nowadays we get to come out for three or four days and, and you hope you can find a few, it's, it's definitely a different experience. Absolutely. Wow. How'd you guys get into shed hunting? I don't know. I don't, yeah, know. I don't really know. We definitely did it before it was cool. Tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. Before Mark Kenyon came along. <laughs> <laughs> For me. Told everybody about it. I yeah. The first shed antler I ever found was March of '08. So it's been about nine years ago, I guess now. I think I got into it maybe because Corey was finding sheds. Yeah. Yeah, I did get it. Yeah. Yeah. He did. I think I started going out with yep. you. I think so. Yep. I found the first shed. About 40 yards from a tree stand I had here in Iowa, the first year I hunted, I found a nice big, like, 53-inch four-point size, real nice deer, real nice antler. And um, so, of course, that got me excited, and I kept walking and found two or three more and just took off from there, I guess. Mm-hmm. So You had a good little journaling system that you used. That's, that was a good idea. Yeah, for a while there. I, the I don't do it as much there? anymore. I, every antler I would find, I would write down the, the date, the um location you know the description of the antler how it laid what, what type of terrain i found it in like if it was in a fence row or a grassy strip or you know in the timber or where it was and then that way i could always go back and look at the dates that they were dropping and and kind of um, and then the locations i was finding them to have a kind of an idea of when to gear my time you know in the woods to know when to go and also i can look back i would say percentage-wise and say, oh, 70% of the antlers I found in this type of terrain versus that type of terrain. So it was pretty, I thought it worked out quite well for me. So if you could only pick one day to go shed hunting a year, you had to pick like what you think is the absolute best day to start and end your shed hunting for the season. What would be that best day? Date? Based, yeah, date. date. Based on what you saw. Probably about March 8th to 10th, somewhere in there, 8th, I'll say. And why is that the sweet spot? Just because, I mean, as we just talked about this weekend, I still do think there's probably a few bucks holding. Typically, 
and you, and you might still see one mid-March. You might jump one with antlers on, but by about the 8th or 10th of March, most, I would say you're probably in that 80% or more have already dropped, you know, by like the 10th of March, 8th to 10th of March, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. The trick is, though. The trick is, in some years, I mean, mild winter, you know, low stress, uh, they could carry an extra week or two longer than that even. I mean, I, it's really hard to tell, but my journaling... It seemed like every time I would look back, when I look back at my journal, like right about February 15th was really when it picked up. And then I would say it was the best, obviously, the first two weeks of March. So, yeah. yeah. Now, Ross, you kept track. You guys do keep track of the dates of all your sheds, right? Or at least you used to. Yeah, just Cause from Kendall, like all the pictures and stuff like that, yeah. Because Kendall, at one point, your wife had graphed all the sheds you'd found in the dates. And I'm, she sent this to me. And it was really interesting to see the distribution of all it's like a bell curve, right? Yeah. It was a inverse bell curve, inverse though. Bell. Okay. So tell us about that. Tell us what you guys have seen when you've had the most success. I think that was probably because, at least in this area or this area, a lot of the, there'd be those early sheds that you'd pick up, and then it would be slow um, through February. There's more snow, so we weren't picking up as many. A lot of the bucks held till like that mid-February time, then started shedding. More frequent after that, then we pick them up more after, towards the you know, end of February again. Mm-hmm. But I think it was kind of a combination of like January, those early sheds, then got slow because bucks weren't shedding as much, holding on, more snow on the ground, then snow starts melting, more bucks are shedding, kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. What would be your seems best be, day? What, was, what? What would be your best day like, if you had to pick a date? Like I told Corey. Probably the same thing. Day. March 8th? Yeah. Yeah, probably any time when, yeah, just depending on that that snow melt. Yeah. The trick Whenever though the is... snow melts, you know, in March typically. It wasn't like that this year. There's been no snow. But. Right. The issue is if you wait too late, though, Yeah. then you get chewed up antlers or you get yeah. other people that walk it. Right. And it's like we're constantly debating that. Yeah. In an ideal year, you want heavy snow from, you know, early January all the way till the last couple days of february and then about a week to 10 days for it to melt and then you get out there that's ideal but that doesn't always happen yeah speaking yeah. of shed hunting does does anyone else think about shed hunting at different parts of the year you know outside of shed hunting season and think about how awesome it is and then like eight hours into shed hunting like, gosh i hate this <laughs> why are we doing this <laughs> yeah, there's, oh, yeah. There's yeah ross talks about shed hunting october 1st <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I do I do he start does. thinking about yeah. it. Usually I don't start thinking about it until after the rut. I would say for me it's right around Thanksgiving, like once my excitement for the deer hunting starts to fade just a little bit, that's when I start thinking about sheds. So October second? No, what? I said oh. like after Thanksgiving. Okay. Late late November, <laughs> early December. I wouldn't say I'd think about sheds before that too awful much, but Yeah. Yeah. I think about them a lot like early too, you know, you see what, what the farmers are planting. Yeah, what's where, all that stuff. So you start th- brainstorming what's going to be good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. throughout the year. Peter, what kind of shed hunting advice do you have? You, you're wise. You're the elder statesman of the group. I have younger friends that knock on doors. That's kind of the first advice I have. <laughs> so, yeah. so Ross is really good at that. You've utilized yeah. that well. So, but uh, he's been generous, so I appreciate that. But lately I've kind of got my own uh, my own places uh, kind of east of here, so it's been, been good. Um uh, so, 
I just like you said in some of your other podcasts, like, the first few knocks are difficult, but once you you do it, and uh, like I said, I'm a chiropractor. I do have a live in live in Iowa <laughs> and have a patient base that is farmers. So just start casual conversations with them, and before you know it, they allow you to just walk their property. So works out pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Access is yeah. one of the very most important things. You can be great at spotting antlers, and you can know all the right spots to go on a property, but if you don't have a property where there's deer, quality food. Yeah. You know, you're not going to find any antlers if they're not there. Just mm-hmm. like deer hunting. Yeah. It's pretty pretty simple. Get a bunch of places, and then at least you're in the game. Yep. Peter, you've got an interesting story. Um, we like to talk about your story, becoming a, a deer hunter. You, you grew up in the UP, yeah, shooting I, deer, I guess, hunting uh, deer. Yeah, you know, pretty typical. Like Iowa. probably a lot of listeners, before you, you learn about hunting more, uh, we had a hunting camp, 20 by 20, with a fireplace in the middle, created by stone, and... Like we talked about the, what's the the lights there? Um, kerosene. Kerosene lights. lights, and I just remember those days going out there when I was seven, eight, and basically you would, <laughs> uncles would smoke. We'd have our clothes in the same building, go out to the stand weeks before, maybe two weeks before, just throw corn out. And hunting was something different then. It was more about, it was still about camaraderie, but it was just about getting out there and seeing what came in. And and being from Upper Michigan, it was. Generally a fork horn or a spike, occasionally <laughs> yep. a basket rack six, but um, yeah. I'll never forget those memories, that's All for right. sure. Yep. Yeah. So, Ross, you, you got to know Pete in school, and you invited him to go hunting with him. <laughs> he invi- you invited him to go hunting with you. You had, like, a tree stand in your bow, and you're all ready to go to hunt some public land. Tell mm-hmm. us about those first hunts with Peter. <laughs> I don't know. I saw him in class once, and he just felt bad for him, you know. He's this <laughs> old was, guy. I still, yeah, yeah. Needs a younger mentor to take him out in the woods. And uh, no, I don't. I don't remember. I think I don't know. He, our he group. Was, our group. We just got a group of hunters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He showed interest in hunting, and then I'm like, "Oh, you want to go?" So we just went off to some public land. I had an area I was going to, and Peter had. Do you recall what I was wearing? Tree bark, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Eighty-nine I tree bark. It was yeah. what yeah. two thousand. Six, no, seven, the bow was something eight, else. Seven, yeah. eight, eight. Good old Browning. What was the bow? What was the bow? It was a Browning bow from like my brother had from 1987 or 88. The whole setup. I like the the old setup. What what kind of arrows just lay it out for us? I'm not a techie, so it was. <laughs> there were bow and arrows. He, and, he was um, shooting those Easton. He was shooting those Easton. <laughs> I, I, they had to be game getters. Game getters. Game getters. Had to be game getters. 25-17. 25-17. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I bought the cheapest uh, broadheads <laughs> in college yeah. from... Thunderheads. Yep. From Thunderheads. Yeah, That's something. Right. Easton and, game uh, getters with some Thunderheads yeah. on there. Yeah. And probably a $12 trigger. Yep. And, and you're guaranteed that Peter's were, he never had his air, arrows cut down, so they were probably about oh, four inches oh, yeah. too long. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Plastic vein, yeah. like a six-inch plastic vein. Six-inch plastic vein. Oh, and then being band. from Upper Michigan, I, I'm not going to blast Michigan, but you guys do it enough, but from, from <laughs> I, the biggest buck I've probably seen was a 100-incher. Yeah. I, Ross goes, I saw a 120. I was shaking like a leaf up on my tree stand. Right. And he's like, Just settle down. That's nothing. I go, what do you mean that's nothing? That's the biggest deer I've ever seen. So that was that was the learning curve, and once I saw that, I was hooked. I mean, because yeah. at that point, I hadn't bow hunted in since I was 19, and at that time, I was 35. Yeah, so I'm relatively brand new to this again. So, Is uh, it true, Is it true, Peter, that once you were using a climbing tree stand and about 25 feet up into the tree, you lost the bottom of the climber? Yeah, I, you shouldn't use twine. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, that was comical. How'd you get out of that pickle? Well, fortunately, Ross and I were we tag team a lot. Then he would sit the tree next to me, and you know, and we would do that. And uh, 
he climbs down, and he was very cautious, Ross. It took him like 20 minutes to climb down, and <laughs> I'm hanging on for dear life up top. Good thing I've got strong triceps <laughs> and uh, big chest. Big chest. You know, handsome guy. But, uh, handsome is guy. it true you were once a male model? I was. He was. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. It, tell us more about that. <laughs> like a Sears model or like what kind of? Ba- basically, this uh, podcast fleet, is fleet just farm. the Peter. Fleet Farm. What's the Peter? It's a Fleet Farm. farm. I did Houston's some, commercial. Did some uh, bank some commercials. Bank commercials. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know this. This is a revelation oh. for me. Yeah. He did. Yeah. It was yeah. tough stuff. <laughs> Sit all day all along with a. You got a scrap. I did book? one in a pool with this lady. It was nice. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, at that time, I was 24, and my mom goes, "My mom wanted a wife and kids." I said, "Well, here's this picture. It proves I got one." So, yes, yeah. So it was fun. Do you have a scrapbook of all? Of I, I'm sure somewhere. I mean, yeah. Come on. I do. Yeah. It's yeah okay. There. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Is it, in the, is it in your truck right now? No, it's not in my truck right now. It's it's uh, it's gone. It's gone. It's no longer with us. So. Oh my gosh! Tell tell us some more funny Peter hunting stories, Ross or Corey. What are the crazy things you go together? I I fall a lot. That's the funniest part. (laughs) Remember in the UP when I was hunting, (laughs) I was carrying a salt block in my bow and something else, probably 100 pounds of corn on my other shoulder, (laughs) and I fell down a ridge. (laughs) Just went rolling down. I got up to live and tell about it. Yeah. So I'm susceptible to falling. (laughs) Big tree fall hard. Yes, big tree fall hard. Yeah. Oh, go. Speaking of twine, he had like a... Well, the one time he lost the bottom of his... I, I probably told him, hey, don't you think you should connect those two together? <laughs> nah, it's fine. And he lost that bottom section. And so he was up there dangling, right? So I climbed down, and he's up there 20 <laughs> feet. He's just hanging. And he's thinking, oh, I think if I just hang here, I can just drop down and land on the bottom section. No, I was going to grab the tree, drop to the tree and hug it like a... Yeah. And slide down. That didn't like sound a... like a good idea. So I had to move my climber over. I had to climb up the tree. Lift his section up, get them all. Well, you took a pictures first, though. I recall. Yeah, I did take pictures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then uh, there's another time, same spot. It was a really good spot. We hunt public land. We saw a lot of big bucks there. Didn't I use the same twine to pull my bowl up? Yeah, he and did. It broke. And uh, <laughs> he had this like twine. I don't know where he got it from. It's like three feet long. Tied his bow to it and was climbing up. The bow's like swinging back and forth, <laughs> banging against the tree. And he gets up to the top, and of course the twine breaks or comes comes loose. And the bow falls. And the bowl falls twenty feet, boom, oh. right to the ground. <laughs> the browning, the browning. Yeah, and the browning. Uh, so Peter climbs down, grabs his bow, ties it back onto his three foot twine, climbs up the tree, bangs the bow around, gets to the top, and it drops down to the to the, to the ground again. And uh, he did that like three times. And oh. Ross never makes a noise when he he he's like. This guy's making a lot of noise. <laughs> this guy's making a lot of noise. Yeah. We still saw yeah, deer, was, though, because uh, I'm like a magnet, I think. Like, so. just get a rope. Yeah, yeah. just get a rope. Yeah. Uh, why do you stick around with this guy? <laughs> oh, we had, a lot, we had a lot of fun. It was fun. Uh, it was a good time. Yeah. Remember the, the time I went there by myself, and I said, what would Ross do? Oh, yeah, you had to tell us, right? Oh, yeah. gosh. So... It was a Sunday, and Ross goes, are you going out there? I go, yeah, I'll go out there. We had scouted this place. We we gave it the name Lion's Den because there was this massive rub on a tree, and it looked like it had to walk up on this pedestal first and just rub like the, the – what's the movie? Help me out. The Lion King. How the hell are you supposed to King. do that? Yes. <laughs> what's that movie? Yes. What about the lion? What's, what's, it, what's the name? Of it? it goes up on that big rock and roars. So, anyways, back to the point. Uh, so I'm out there, and I go – 
I saw a buck go by, and some of these spots we'd have to use calling tactics to get them in because, you know, you're you're hunting 40 yards from a fence line, and you're using. You, you could see him. You can call him in. That's we we were really effective at that mm-hmm. earlier back then. And um, I saw like a small buck go through, and I could barely see the horns. I go, God, I wonder what happened if a big one. If I could really see it. Sure enough, 10 minutes later on cue, probably 140 class walks through. And uh, at that time, I didn't know what a 140 class meant. But um, I go, oh, my God, that's huge. I go, what would Ross do at this point? So I, I realized I, I would drop my grunt to I <laughs> snort wheeze or something like that. Yeah, a lot of stuff falling from the stand back then. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bang. The bow, the I go. Tube. I just like, oh my god, roar! And I just did a like a roar. <laughs> Wait, do, the, do, do the sound. Because I, I didn't know how to do a snort wheeze. Well, once you know that damn thing stopped and turned around and came all the way in. Did he really? Yeah. So it gets better. Oh my god, it gets better, it gets better than that. So it the does. buck is at about 18 yards, maybe not. Let's just say 24. And. Um, <laughs> It had to jump the fence. It took its time. I'm shaking. I mean, I'm shaking bad, and I have this browning with probably 10% let off, and uh, I'm just, oh, excuse me, and pulling it here. The deer's not in my spot. It's not, it's, for anybody else, they would have shot it, not for me, and uh, I was shaking so bad, my finger hit the trigger. Oh, no. Slapped that thing right in its, right in its keister, right in the butt. Wasn't the fun, your finest hour as a hunter, was no. it? No, and I watched it run down the hill, and it, Basically, he, it's like he reached back there and grabbed it, pulled it out. It went in maybe an inch. Yeah. Right in the, we call it the trochanter buck. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. He lived to see another day. Yeah, that was – so I went out there the next day, did my due diligence, skipped class, and I never saw him again. But, uh, yeah. That was a good deer. Yeah. Yeah, that was, what uh, about, that was what a great experience, a lot of fun. What about the other story where uh, he called you, Ross? And told you he shot a buck, and then you asked him, "What did it sound like?" Tell that story. I think we got enough stories about. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I really want to hear that. One. Well, that was another public land spot. Same, same public land, but different tree. So yes, really in, good Iowa, spot. in Iowa, you can you can shoot some big deer on public land. <coughs> definitely in the West, that's for sure. We found a we found a buck bed kind of like on this point, and uh, we were in there scouting, and then we were both like, "Oh man, we got to get in here." And I think Peter, he went in there really shortly after that next yeah, morning or whatever. Yeah, R- Ross and I would trade. Again, we'd trade, trade hunts. Oh, you want me to continue? Yeah, this is your story. Oh, you're yeah. pretty good at telling it. <laughs> so, I, so I'm out there in the stand. <laughs> uh, we're t- our, one of our big things is go deep or go home, and we're deep on this spot. And um, kind of like my teenage years. Anyways. And uh, so I'm back there. And again, we got to use calling tactics. But I'm actually texting, texting Corey. Uh, and uh, that's right, I remember that. Yeah, I go. I said, Corey, I got to stop because I think I hear a deer rubbing a tree down. The, you couldn't see him down the ridge somewhere. And so I do a soft grunt. I actually had my grunt tube this time. And sure enough, all I see is tines coming over the the ridge on the other side of the fence. And he gets over and jumps. And at this point, this is a he's all 155 eight pointer. I mean, yeah. That was awesome. And comes over, he's staring right through me because I'm in a cedar tree. And he moves and turns, and I, I draw back. Now I have a newer bow. and But I was seated in a ladder stand. I had to turn to the kind of cockeyed, almost like gangster style, you know. <laughs> Imagine a guy with a pistol, a gangster style. And I shot, and uh, 
I thought I hit it. So I call Ross, pretty proud. He goes, uh, and he knows Ross have knew I've not shot a buck with a bow yet, and still. And um, <laughs> he goes, what did it sound like, Peter? Because, you know, he's excited. He's getting a canoe all ready. And uh, it went, ting, 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 ting. I'm like, what? Is that a good thing? I go, must have went right through and just sailed through the woods. He goes, no. <laughs> no. He's like, I'll be there in a minute. So it was kind of one of those things where I, I didn't know what to expect because I had not shot the deer. It's, what, what's the noise it's supposed to make, Ross? <laughs> not that. <laughs> I had that canoe strapped on. I was all pumped. He's like, I shot a big A-pointer. And then that he told me that later on. So I just drove up there with the canoe anyways, and we looked around, but that arrow skipped for miles. <laughs> so the next day you hunted there and verified. That was, that was a monster. Yeah, I saw him. I saw him. I don't know if that was the next day or a couple days. A couple later. days, yeah. And he came out. He kind of did the same thing, and but he came out a little further out. He was suspect in the open. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah but boy, that was a big buck. That was a dandy. Do you think it's big eight? Have things gotten worse out here since those days? I feel like there's oh, a lot yeah. of talk like that. You know, early 2003, four, five, six was like the glory days in Iowa. Yeah. And now like, things have been going downhill. For you guys that have been hunting here that whole time, have you seen that? Yeah, you know, especially because we're hunting, we're hunting ground that's not like tons of pressure. There's, it's tons of pressure. You know, if you hunt permission, there's lots of other guys. Yeah. It used to be better hunting, but, but it just keeps getting a little but, worse. But out and there, worse the, worse. the the land has changed ownership, so now there's a guy with food plots out there on the other side, but they're disturbing it. I think way too much. It used to be all prairie yeah, grass. Yeah, yeah. So it's some of that's changed the landscape. There's so many different factors, but there's definitely less deer definitely less mature deer it's just not quite the same it seems like it gets a little worse every year hopefully that rebounds or comes back i agree it's still better when than when i lived in upper michigan hunting though so i'm not going to complain true true andy you think you'll ever come out here and hunt iowa i may i got uh a few spots that i've been trying to hunt in kentucky and how'd that go yeah. You hunted, that was your, is that your first? No, well, one I'm, of your first out-of-state whitetail trips, right? Well, we I've done Ohio a couple times. I guess once down there. A little there. bit down there, yeah. Well, Kentucky was awesome. It was just, the weather didn't work is all it was. It was like... A little too mild and warm that weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like, I think it was the 7th of November or something. The first day that I was down there, it was like, I think it was like 80 degrees or something. Just It was like something, it might have been 70, it was just... It I was, think it was earlier in the month. Was it was early? Like that first, yeah. second, oh, it might have been that first warm. week. Yeah, because yeah. it, like, it was like, literally, I, I remember I had a T-shirt on. I had a, I used my climate stand and I had a had a T-shirt, camouflage T-shirt. I'm like, oh, I'm either gonna stink the place up with a long sleeve shirt on, or I'm gonna be a little bit more visible. But I saw a lot of deer down there, but it wasn't. It just I I a lot of does, but and little bucks. But I can't wait to get down there and try it again because you know a weekend is not enough time. You know what I mean? I, did, I had a long weekend, basically, and when you get down there and try to scout something and set stand, you know. How did you, you try to tackle it? I mean, given you had such a short amount of time, did you have a game plan going in, or were you just going to go walk it? Or I actually, instead of walking it, I, being that I only had a couple of days to do, I kind of thought it would be easier to, to one of the first hunts to get somewhere where the wind, there was a cabin on the property that I hunted, so... I set up to where my wind would be basically blowing towards that cabin is kind of what I thought. And and as it got light, I saw some deer moving and then adjusted from there. And then I hunted those, you know, what I saw from 
from that one morning basically used that for my gauge you know gauge everything off of that which you know obviously could have been the absolute wrong thing to do but I saw a lot of deer and I, I it very easily could have come together because I'd see deer I'd does and you know bucks following them but it just I think that weather just turned them off a little bit mm-hmm. if it had been you know 25 degrees cooler it might have been a different deal there's a guy killed a 158 inch 10 point from what I hear 300 yards from where I was setting up the last day that I was there I think I showed you the picture of it I don't remember that yeah wow but yeah I I definitely want to get back down there and do that and I've talked to the guy and he said this September it's a a go so that's exciting we'll try it again yeah it's gonna be here for I know it I know it we're what seven months away that's crazy yeah so you're hunting here again next year, Corey? Yeah, I'm going to try. This year's your Iowa year? Yeah, as long as I can draw a tag. You got a game plan? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I got a general idea what I want to do. I mean, I hunt the same general area each time, so I kind of have an idea of you know how the deer use the farm. And There's two different trees I want to try this year, though. One, I've I've sat in this within about 40 yards of there, this one tree, half a dozen different times and I every time it's just this is one of those trees where the trees I've been near in nearby I always get I can get a shot but this particular tree just has been intriguing it's an oak tree as you guys know that's my favorite um <laughs> but I'm gonna try to hang a stand in that tree and and then um there's one other area of the farm that I haven't really hunted much I might try that but same general area so I kind of know how to hunt it just a matter of putting the time in, right? Yeah, just putting the time in, exactly. Be there at the right time and put in the time. Exactly. That's the trick. Yep. Yep. So we got one more day of the shed hunt here. What's the game plan? Walk property yours, Corey? Yeah. In the morning we're going to go there and uh, walk a couple hundred acres in the morning and hopefully find something, and if not, we're headed home, I guess. Not our best shed hunt. But we had a heck of a good time. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we've been laughing a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Best shed hunting memories? Any good ones other than what we've been talking about here? Any crazy things that have happened in the past? Mm. I had to give my biggest Michigan shed that I ever found to Andy. It's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> I'm proud of it, yeah. yeah I, don't, I actually threw it. the one way that I found. <laughs> Did the you? one that the Mark one had to give me because it was the match. I have it on my... Yeah, it's on my counter, right? Yeah. Walk in the house right there. <laughs> that was a nice shed. <laughs> I let the dog have the other one, but... Did you? Yeah. That was nice you. I didn't know that was the rule. And we... since then, we've gotten rid of the rule. Did you? Did you? It's the, we now call it the Andy Bradley effect because it was so painful. Awesome. <laughs> I might, I'll might. i bring it over like next time when I come over and like, look, like, look at it. Look at this. Hey, check yeah. it out. Cool. Yeah. That was nice. Where did that rule come from? I don't know. Mark made that up. No, No, I definitely did. That was before me. Honestly, I think when we were in school, I looked that up sometime, like when we were shed hunting. I don't know if if somebody, I I think I was, no, I was on like a forum and I think I was reading about guys, I think I was reading about guys shed hunting and um, people posting pictures and somebody on there posted a picture of a big antler that they had to give up or something. And I was like, why would you give it up? And then I started reading more and heard that that was an unsaid rule and just, I don't know. I don't like that rule. You know, I don't yeah. like it anymore either. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love that rule. <laughs> See, you know, I'm I'm torn. Like I think if a guy if you're hunting if you're with a guy on his farm and he's had pictures of the deer and he has history with the deer and he finds a side and you find the other side ten minutes later, my thoughts are 
the guy that's hunting the deer that could kill the deer should keep the shed yeah. or at least you keep it for the time being and if he ever does kill the deer obviously you got to give it up but um that's a tough rule i mean it is i don't think if you're hunting ground that like nobody in the group can ever hunt or kill a deer there then yeah. it should just be you find it you take it um i don't know it's kind of tough so there's a chance that you may get it back someday but no it's yours no no <laughs> I have to give it back now. <laughs> yeah, you're guilting him into it. Yeah, I mean, there's no guilt involved here. Right. He starts it off with the biggest shed he's ever found in Michigan. Right. <laughs> Just rub a little salt in I mean, it wasn't that big. Well, it's pretty nice. It was, it's over 50. It's over 50, yeah. Four-point side. I mean, it's... I mean, for a Michigan 120 shed. 120-inch eight-pointer. Nice. Match that type of... It was nice. Yeah. It was sweet. Real nice. That was, like my, that was my best day of shed hunting in Michigan ever. Yeah, found you found four. Like four, yeah. Which was for Michigan. Corey's bachelor party. Yeah, the diaper party. Diaper party. Oh, of course, diaper party. That's right, yeah. Big, wild that day of oh, was. shed hunting, and then the deer and turkey deer classic. Deer turkey classic. Buffalo wild wings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a banger, for sure. Yeah. It was fun. And we, 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 we talked about it. We're going to do it again. We're going to go out sometimes and talk deer. Yeah. Periodically. Yeah. About, what is it, a year, two years later now? We're doing it. <laughs> Once every two years. Once yeah. every two years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well... I was hoping we'd have like stories of twenty-five sheds to talk about today, but really there wasn't a whole lot, of, whole lot of that. But nope. it was basically this: the last three days we've done this, sit and talk about deer hunting stories, and laughed a lot, and had a cold, couple cold beers, and a lot of good food. We had an all-you-can-eat fish fry last night. That was incredible. They have yeah. many of those all over the state. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Please edit comments. <laughs> <laughs> Peter used to Peter used to film a bunch for Wired to Hunt, and he would have these really weird commentaries. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then he would send them to me. He's mounting that dough. <laughs> I know what I what did I say? Gosh. And oh, there's two bucks fighting. Uh, scratch that. There's a buck mounting a dough because that's what was happening. <laughs> Pretty sexy up in that part of the woods. It must be. And he send it to me and just be like, please edit the comments. Yeah, please edit comments. <laughs> so. And with that, I think we're just digressing. So we're going to shut this episode down, but it was a fun shed hunt. Any final thoughts, Josh, on your first Iowa shed hunt? It was fun. I'd like to come back. I'll, I'll make the drive again. Hopefully. So maybe Hopefully. Uh, maybe get it'll here be, earlier. Uh, I know. Get here a little earlier, do like a long weekend or something, and have a little bit more time. But uh, definitely, definitely a good time. Peter, final thoughts? I just enjoyed having you guys come up. And, you know, uh, years ago, I Ross moved away, and... I had all this property to myself, and I went shed hunting by myself on these properties. I didn't realize he would drive three hours to come shed hunt, so he got so mad at me. But uh, <laughs> just stay off the properties without your body. That's kind of my, my <laughs> advice. Right. Uh, you little pissy. You little girl. <laughs> scared me. <laughs> uh, Oh, it was a great time. Glad everybody made it down. It was pretty awesome that we could get everybody together and do yeah, this. Because we have been talking about it for a long great. time. Yeah, so I'm disappointed that we didn't have a better shed hunt, but um, make sure you guys check your phones in the next couple of weeks. I'll be sure to send you some pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know you will. We know you will. <laughs> next weekend, to be exact. <laughs> you'll have a uh, couple more to find. I'm sure you'll find a few more. Mm-hmm. Andy, what do you got? I, not much, man. It was a blast. I'd come back and do it again for sure. A little more, if it was a little bit warmer, sleeping in that tent, you know. I was Ugh. expecting yeah. to be a little bit more of a, 
maybe not like a Colorado or an Idaho trip <laughs> where you could just stay warm. But no, it was a blast. We had a ton, ton of fun and laughed. And I, I never make you know gauge success on what we kill or catch or find or whatever because I'd just be bummed out too much. So just had a good time. I'd do it again for sure. Corey. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much saying more more of the same, but uh, it was nice hanging out with everybody. It's always fun to, you know, get out there and walk and uh, had a good time. And with that, we'll wrap it up. Tomorrow we're going to find a dozen sheds. Yes, we'll, we'll try. We'll do another episode. And we'll do another one next yeah. week. <laughs> and with that, we will wrap this episode up. What, what very well may have been our most bizarre episode, but uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, coming along with us for a few stories and a few good laughs. So finally, I do want to thank our partners who make this podcast possible. So big thanks to Sitka Gear, Yeti Coolers, Ozonics, Matthews Archery, Maven Optics, Whitetail Institute of North America, Carbon Express, and Huntera Maps. And finally, thank you all for listening. Like I just said, I really appreciate it. I hope your shed hunting is going well, and I hope you'll stay wired to hunt. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.